All right, well, let's, uh, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we thank you for bringing us here this morning to have an opportunity to come together, to, to fellowship, to see one another again, and uh, Lord, most importantly, to come and to worship you, uh, to learn from your word what, uh, what you would have us to know. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we uh, continue to study your word, that Lord, we would uh, just gain great encouragement, uh, great insight, and Lord, that it would uh, just truly have an impact in our lives, that by your spirit, you would apply these things to our hearts uh, and that we would be uh, more able to uh, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have called us. And um, God, just that you would be honored in your church, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So we are continuing our study on understanding the heart. Um, in his book, With All Your Heart, Craig Troxell identifies three aspects of our inner life that the Bible uses the word heart for the mind, the desires, and the will. And at this point, we've examined all three of those uh, fairly thoroughly um, uh, in, light of, uh, in light of Scripture, how they are affected by sin and how Christ, uh, Christ's offices of prophet, priest, and king address each of those things. And so you might say, well, shouldn't we be done now? It's like, well, no, that's not, uh, we're not quite done yet. Um, and though Christ is at work in us, uh, we are not to be slothful as if the battle is over. Uh, we are called to keep our hearts. And that's what we're going to be looking at uh, this morning and for basically for the, the rest of the, uh, of the semester here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, uh, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, we have that command to keep our hearts. Uh, with all vigilance. What what does that mean? What does it mean to keep something? I say, in this context, it's really more like protect or guard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To protect or guard, yeah. Um, definitely the idea of, of um, it's like, you, it's kind of like you've got it there. You know, Christ, is, Christ is, has redeemed our hearts. Um, but we don't want to let things drift away. We want to. We want to protect. Um, and here in in Proverbs, um, it's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, where it says, "Keep your heart with all vigilance." It it literally means uh, keep your heart with all keeping. Um, just kind of a uh, an interesting way that it appears in the Hebrew. But uh, you know, it's translated there with all vigilance. Um, what does that mean? Why does it? Why does it say? I mean, we, you know, an idea of like we're, when we're keeping our hearts, we're protecting our hearts. Why does it say with all vigilance or with all keeping? Well, I mean, the, the devil is actively working against us. Mm -hmm. He's trying to make us fall, make us stumble, right. and we cannot be passive in our faith. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's hard work, right? We we have to we have to work at it, um, and the reason, of course, is because from it flow the springs of life. Um, now, one of the things that you often see in Scripture in connection uh, with this is the idea of uh, of keeping alert. Um, Galatians chapter six verse one says, "Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him." 
and a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be, be tempted. So there's the warning there that when somebody else has stumbled and you're, and you're restoring them, um, that you're to, you're to keep watch over yourself. Um, why is that warning there? What's the danger? Well, rather than you helping someone out, they can pull you in. I'm sorry? So, I'm sorry, I need to put these in. Rather than you trying to help someone up, someone could be pulling you down instead. Okay, yeah, that's that's certainly a possibility. Um, that, that that interaction can, can pull you down. Um, there's also... Uh, just the fact that like you could be distracted by that situation and just like not be tending to the things uh, that you should. Um, and another thing that can happen very easily, and probably this is the main thing, is that you could be very puffed up by the situation where you're looking at that person, you're like, oh man, they're stumbling. It's like, I'm, I'm doing much better than that. And you start to have that pride and self-sufficiency. Um, and that can, that can really just like, uh, make it where you're not really working uh, for your own sanctification in that instance. Um, and so there's there's a real need that as you're dealing with the situation of somebody else uh, sending, that you also just be very aware that like this, this should be a warning to you that um, Christians are not perfect. Christians are not immune from stumbling and falling into sin. Um, and so uh, there's, there's just that uh, real importance that we uh, that we still be alert, that we be, in a sense, almost more alert uh, as we see other people uh, fall into sin. Pastors, in particular, are encouraged to be alert. First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse sixteen, Paul says, "Keep close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers." And so there he's encouraging Timothy to, to be alert, to really watch what he's doing, and to really contemplate the fact that his, his alertness to his own situation is going to have an impact on everybody that he's teaching. Um, and in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, uh, the, the congregation there is, is uh, commanded, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Uh, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And so uh, our leaders are in a position where they're keeping watch over our souls and they will have to give an account for how well they did on that. So they have this really strong uh, encouragement <coughs> to be alert, to be keeping their heart, to be watching over themselves. Now, does this mean that, that we can just relax since our pastors are keeping watch over us? No. No, we all have to struggle with this, right? Second um, John, verse 8 says, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Um, just over and over again, Scripture uh, warns us to be alert, to, to keep watching, to uh, to really pay attention to what's going on. Uh, keeping our hearts is vitally important. Uh, all of your thoughts, attitudes, wants, fears, and resolutions are generated from this one point. 
And all your words and actions are governed by this one place. And when you when you think about it, it's like everything you do, everything you think, everything you say, it's all driven by your heart, by your by your mind, by your desires, and by your will. Those those are the things that that drive everything you say and do. Um, and so it's vitally important that we watch over our hearts. Um, you can apply yourself to everything else in life with great energy and success. But if you neglect the heart, then you've missed the crucial thing. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word for uh, keep, uh, it means to guard, uh, to watch over, uh, or to pay careful attention to. Um, the word contains two closely related ideas. On the one hand, keeping includes preserving uh, watching over something to sustain its health and soundness. Uh, Psalm 31, verse 23 says, Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. And so there, um, God is preserving his people. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And so uh, there, the, the people that are trusting in God, God is preserving their peace. Uh, so it's the idea of preserving. And then on the other hand, keeping includes the idea of protecting, watching over something to defend it from danger and to guard its safety. Uh, Psalm 12, verse 7, says, You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. And Proverbs chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Uh, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. So there, that's God's work of guarding us, of protecting us. Um, and so uh, these, are, these are two ideas that we have in terms of keeping, and we're going to kind of unpack both of these to kind of look at like how it is that we can, uh, how that we can, uh, preserve and, and nourish and keep a healthy heart, but then also how we can protect our heart from the assaults that come against it. Um, so preserving. Um, when we think about preserving, again, we're not there. We're not specifically talking about protecting. We're talking about keeping it basically in foot in fit form so that when the assaults come, it's prepared. Um, how can we do that? How can we preserve our hearts? Um, any any thoughts? I mean, I, obviously I have the the uh, the ways that Troxel has laid out here, but uh, any any thoughts before we delve into that? How how can we preserve our hearts? Practicing spiritual disciplines. Uh huh. Okay. I say being, being in the Scripture, being in prayer, mm -hmm. uh, being with the body of Christ in church communion. Yeah. All of our spiritual disciplines. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an excellent answer. That's that's basically where Troxel goes. That's what, what you you would expect. Um, the the main thing um, that that we're going to talk about here is being in the Word, is Scripture. Um, and there's there's a danger. Um, that, I mean, one of the reasons that it's important that we be in Scripture is that there's a danger that we will overestimate our strengths and virtue, um, and underestimate our weakness and faults. Um, when you consider um, 
a verse that we've looked at multiple times as we've looked at this study. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So we have this idea that our heart is deceitful. That even, even as redeemed people, our heart will deceive us. And when we try to take stock and say, like, okay, how healthy are we? How prepared are we to deal with temptation? Um, our heart might just want to trick us, and, and it might try to hide from us uh, the, the sins that it wants to, to grab hold of and, and, and keep and not, uh, not repent of. And so we need scripture for this very reason. Uh, we need scripture to evaluate our hearts. Uh, James talks about uh, the way that scripture has an impact on us in this way. James chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse uh, 22, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his uh, natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and uh, perseveres, uh, being uh, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so there, you know, we see like two reactions to looking at the word, um, whether it actually has an impact on your life and you become a doer of the word or whether you just look at it and you forget it and you move on. Um, But the important point for what we're talking about this morning is that the scripture is going to reveal your heart. It's 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 going to show you what you know, what's truly there. Um, and what it is that God requires of you. It, it examines your heart. You think of uh, Hebrews chapter 4, that the, the word of God is living and active, and that it's able to penetrate our hearts. It's able to see what's really there. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, uh, the prayer is, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be, be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, the, the, the fact is, is that we can just so often deceive ourselves, and we need God to alert us to the sin that is in us, to, to help us to actually see those things and, uh, and to repent of them and to really uh, strive to fight against those sins, because we can just so easily deceive ourselves. And so we need the word in order to inform us, to to help us to see those things. Um, a lot of times we can uh, we can look at our lives and we can see, um, you know, we're not behaving exactly as we should. And there can be a tendency to, to look at the, the small sins in our life and say, oh well, you know, those aren't those aren't really important. Um, and while it we we should realize that you know that God is merciful and He's not about to zap us every time we we screw up. We should still take those sins seriously, even the tiny little sins. Um, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 says, uh, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Um, And so if we look at the small sins in our life and say, Oh, it's no big deal. there's probably going to be the, the instances where the big sins are just going to be brushed aside as well. Uh, we really need to have the right attitude that 
that all sin is an offense against God, and we need to fight against those things. Um, realizing, of course, we're not going to be perfectly sanctified in this life, but we need to take sin seriously. Small sins lead to big sins as well. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse, uh, verses 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said of old, you shall not murder, uh, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Um, so, in, I mean, in a sense, if you're a person who um, just is is uh, has no problem with being angry at people at, at hating your brother, um, that in a sense, I mean, that's if you live your life that way, um, the end result was. Would be if you if you had the opportunity to murder, you probably would. Um, now that's not to say that. Well, if you still wouldn't murder, then you know, you know, hating your brother is okay because hating your brother is only bad because it leads to murder. That's not the case. It's still sinful. It's still very wicked if we hate our brother, but it can uh, it can lead to greater sins uh, if we entertain those sins. If we allow them to, to live and fester in our hearts. Another one from the same uh, general area of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. Uh, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Um, the fact is, is that um, when people commit adultery, uh, most of the time, they've just been letting their lust have free reign over their life before that. It's the, you know, the smaller sin leads to the bigger sin. Um, again, lust itself, um, that, that attitude of the heart um, is sinful. Um, it's something that we should fight against. Um, but it will uh, eventually lead to something worse if we, if we uh, give it free reign. Um, and it's, you know... There are so many sins that are are hidden from view. There are sins that uh, we can we can indulge in and nobody sees them. And so, if our motivation is simply to look holy uh, to other people, um, we can we can in a sense we can indulge in these sins. Uh, but there are grave consequences uh, for that. And so, we need Scripture to help us to see these things. Um, nobody's going to come up to you and and say, I noticed that you were lusting. I mean, you know, unless you're just like, you're just doing something very, you know, obvious, but no, nobody's going to, nobody's going to come up to you and call you on the sins that are hidden in your heart. Uh, and so we need scripture. We need to be reading scripture, understanding scripture, so that these things are exposed in our hearts and we can take them to God and say, God, forgive me of this and help me to overcome it. Now, a part of uh, using the scripture in this way is meditating. Um, it can be um, very tempting sometimes to, to just read our Bible and not think that thoroughly about, you know, about what it's telling us, about how it impacts our life. Um, but the scripture over and over again tells us to meditate on his word. Um, what, is, what does that mean? What is, it, what is it to meditate on the scriptures? Yeah. 
it's it's not just reading it. it it's 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 applying it to our lives. It, okay. it, it's sitting. It's it's not just reading it, passing by, and going on. It's taking what's in scripture, the truths in scripture, applying it to our lives, and letting those change us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good way to describe it. I mean, it's it's really the idea that you're you're chewing on these things. It's like you don't just read it and say, "Oh, that's interesting." It's like you say, "Okay, what, what does this mean?" How does this apply to my life? How can I actually put this into effect? Uh, like God is telling me not to hate my brother. Um, what you know? A- am I doing that? How how you know? How is how is my thought life uh, conforming or not conforming to that? And if it's not conforming to that, what what can I do? What can I change? Oh, I need to I need to pray for this person. I need to do something nice for this person to try to. To overcome this, you know, this negative emotion that I'm feeling towards this person, um, it's. I mean, it's obviously it's a it's a lot of work, but it's it's something where we need to be taking the word of God seriously. Um, Psalm one verse two says, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night." He's thinking about the scriptures. He's um, uh, he is blessed as he is considering what the scripture says, how it applies to his life. Psalm 119, um, just you know, this very uh, thorough examination of the scriptures and the benefits of the scriptures, just over and over again, brings this up. I'm just going to read various verses through here. Verse 15. Uh, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Verse 23, uh, even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. That can be, you know, a, a temptation if you know if you know that people are against you to just be completely distracted by that. But uh, but the psalmist is saying, even in that situation, I'm going to be meditating on your word. Verse 48, I will lift up my hands toward your commandments which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Verse 78, uh, Let the insolent be put to shame, because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. And then 148, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promises. So he's losing sleep there in uh, desiring to just devour God's word and to really know what's there. Now, another thing that's important um, as we look at Scripture and um, try to use Scripture to preserve our hearts is the idea of memorizing Scripture. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um, when temptations come, we can't necessarily just always just like open the Bible and you know, find the spot that, um, that addresses the situation. Uh, but if we have made a habit of memorizing scripture, of looking, uh, you know, what does the Bible say about this situation and that situation, and committing those things to memory, then when we face temptation, uh, God is going to bring those things to our mind. And that's, I mean, that in a sense is our heart being prepared uh, as we face temptation. Because uh, we've already been fortified with what God says about this. And we know right away, this is the way that I should respond to this situation. Um, 
And I think, you know, we're all familiar with uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Um, but one thing that's that perhaps people miss there is that, well, if Scripture is profitable for these things, if it's profitable for training us in righteousness, then we need to read it like it is profitable for those things. It's not just a... I've done my Bible reading for the day. I, I read this passage. That was interesting. Um, but that it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like if you're going to the gym, you know, it's, you know, you don't just like, oh, I'll pick up a dumbbell. That's nice. You know, I, I did my work. You know, it's like, no, you, you have to do it a certain way uh, in order for it to be a benefit to you. And so we need to be reading the scripture, meditating on the scripture, memorizing the scripture as if it's profitable for training us. Um, we need to take it seriously and really try to understand it and see how it applies to our lives. Um, another thing that uh, Troxel uh, covers here, um, and I'm sure he's not trying to exclude all the, the, the various uh, godly disciplines, but uh, he specifically hits on uh, the Lord's Supper as well. Uh, the Spirit uh, ministers the same grace to our hearts through the Lord's Supper. Um, in it, we see, smell, and taste the symbols of gospel blessing. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Uh, the bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Um, by faith, we are nourished in the Lord's Supper. Uh, resulting in a heart that is resilient to the power of sin. Um, just as we uh, as we partake of that, the, God uses that by the Spirit uh, to strengthen our hearts, to enable us to be more prepared uh, to deal with the uh, with the the trials that we will experience as uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil attempt to pull our hearts away from God. Any thoughts or questions on the idea then of preserving the heart? All right, so let's talk about protecting them. So just as we look inwardly to preserve our heart's soundness, we also look outwardly to protect the heart's safety. Uh, this means that just as we take seriously the unseen urges deep within, so we also must heed the invisible powers that lurk without. Our great enemy, uh, the devil, has his schemes, his minions, his traps, his lies, and his allies. Uh, and uh, the, the devil just works uh, through all sorts of things, both externally and internally. Um, James 1.14 says, But each person is tempted uh, when he is lured or enticed by his own desires. And so that is one of the things that attacks us. Uh, we're, we're attacked by our own desires, uh, and we need, to, we need to, to be aware of those things and to guard against those. Um, but often our attacks are coming from without, and there are spiritual forces that are at work that are uh, trying to cause us to fall. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
So we must guard our hearts against the temptations that arise from, uh, from within our hearts and those that arise from the world. Um, and I mean, just from without, whether it be from the world or whether it be from the power of Satan. Um, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Um, and so there's these, these forces that are at work in us, that are attacking us, and we have to be able to guard our hearts, to be able to protect uh, against these attacks. Scripture um, is full of, of warnings um, about uh, being alert and um, being on guard against things. Uh, Jesus warned his disciples about many dangers and told them to be on alert against these things. Um, one example, the, the yeast uh, or false teaching of the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 15, and he cautioned them saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Um, another place, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 38, he warned them uh, about the, the accolade-seeking scribes. Uh, and he said, uh, sorry, and in his teaching he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces. So he's saying, uh, beware of these things. Beware of, of the scribes and their actions. And th this can be a temptation to to seek the accolades of men. Uh, this is something that is gonna is gonna assault you. You need to be aware of these things. Um, this is something you don't want to just uh, be passive about. You need to be actively uh, on the alert against these things. Um, false prophets uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 uh, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves um, there are many false teachers in our day and we need to uh, to make sure that we that we know our doctrine that we are paying attention uh, both to what what we should know and what you know what false teachers are saying um, Oftentimes, um, I encounter Christians who think that it was like, well, we should just read the Bible and um, and leave it at that, you know, and then that'll that'll answer all false teachers. And uh, the reality is, we need to focus on the Scripture uh, to help us to deal with false teachers. But oftentimes, false teachers will uh, will cloak their their false teaching in terminology that can be very hard to spot. And so, if we uh, spend some amount of time, you know, looking at like, who are the false teachers out there? What types of things are they saying? Um, then it can be much easier to spot them when people start using that type of language. Um, so we definitely need to be aware of those things. Um, Jesus warned against the desire for material wealth. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 15, and he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Um, so this is something that, again, we don't want to just be passive about this, but we want to be on guard against these things. These are these are things that are going to assault us. Uh, deception as well. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, and Jesus said to them, See to it that no one leads you astray. Um, that's something that, uh, that we, uh, we need to be very alert about. 
people are going to try to lead us astray. Uh, there are many uh, wolves who come in and appear to be sheep and are trying to lead you astray. Um, and also those who don't even pretend to be Christian, um, they will attempt to lead you astray. Uh, the things that you see on television, the things that you see on internet, there are people who are trying to direct your thoughts, to direct the way that you think um, in a way contrary to what scripture says. And we're to be aware of these things, not just, uh, just blindly uh, accept whatever people say. Um, Jesus warns about losing heart in prayer. Um, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, uh, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Um, and finally, uh, being ill-prepared for the Lord's return. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, he says, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Um, again, that requires alertness. Uh, we can so often just get tied up in things we're doing in this life. Uh, we have our families, we have our, our, our schooling, we have our, our jobs, we have just... Uh, you know, our hobbies, activities, all sorts of things that are going on in this world. And it's very easy to just like keep thinking, it's like, oh, well, yeah, things are just going to keep going on the way they are. I'm going to make progress in the things I'm doing. Um, but we need to be very aware, to be very alert, so that we don't just get wrapped up in ourselves. Um, and many of the things that we're doing are, are, are good, uh, they're, they're just fine, but we need to make sure that we're always prepared that we're always on the alert uh, because we don't want to be ill-prepared when the Lord returns. So how do we, um, how do we, how do we deal with uh, the the attacks that come our way? What should we do? Any thoughts on that? It's very similar to um, when we were talking about the idea of preserving, uh, but prayer is an essential part in, as we deal with the attacks that come our way. Um, and praying, interestingly, goes hand in hand with watching. Uh, the idea of being alert, uh, prayer is, is very much tied to that. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So Paul there is is telling them to 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 continue in prayer and to be watchful in it, uh, to be alert. First uh, Peter chapter four verse seven: uh, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Um, and so there we're to to really think about the the way that we're viewing the world. Um, that we're to be sober-minded for the sake of our prayers. And why is this important? Well, if you think about it, if an enemy marches onto a battlefield uh, with waving banners and beating drums, being prepared is much easier. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if all temptations came that way, where it's just like, oh, okay, we know it's coming, and so I can spend some time in prayer because I know temptation is coming right now. Um, and I can I can look up, you know, what scripture says about this issue right now because I know that like five minutes from now this temptation is going to come. You know, and sometimes we do go into situations where it's like, okay, I'm expecting this temptation might hit me in this particular situation. And we can prepare for that. 
but often they assault us without warning and we have no time to prepare. Uh, but if we watch and pray, we'll be ready at all times. Um, it's very much like the idea of somebody who's on guard duty. If you know, if they're just um, falling asleep uh, on the job or whatever, um, you know, and then the enemy comes, you know, they're not going to be ready. But if they're just always on the alert, if they're just always watching, then as soon as the enemy shows up, uh, they're prepared. And so that's the way we ought to be. We ought to realize that uh, these temptations, these attacks on our heart, are going to be coming. Um, at times that we don't expect them and we need to be alert we need to be prepared Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 uh, Paul says that uh, we are uh, he says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication Uh, to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all of the saints so we're told to pray on all sorts of occasions with all kinds of prayers um we need to be alert. We need prayers of all kinds because the battle changes. Um, the flank is constantly shifting. The temptations come in different ways, degrees, and times. Uh, we must avoid the extremes of either simply relying on God to fight the temptation for us or fighting the temptation in our own strength. We need prayers that nurture our submission to God and also encourage our resistance to the devil. Uh, James 4, verse 7 says, uh, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so there, again, we're to be submissive to God. We're to rely on him. But then we're also to be active. We're to resist the devil. We're to fight against him. And in God's strength, he will flee from us. Um, and we should take encouragement from the fact that we are not alone in our struggle. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 9, Peter says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So there we see, you know, there's our enemy. He's, he's, he's a real threat. And he says, Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And so we see that like there are other people that are experienced that, experiencing the same types of things that we are. We should take encouragement from that. Um, and our, our prayers should reflect that. We need prayers for wisdom, for humility, courage, faithfulness, patience, effectiveness, boldness, alertness, and love. Uh, we are engaged in spiritual warfare And we will not succeed in protecting our hearts from the schemes of the enemy without prayer. Um, It's it's just so easy to like look at the situations of our life and say, oh, I can handle that. But the reality is that we can't. There's there is a spiritual warfare going on, and we need prayer. Um, Ephesians chapter six, uh, verses ten through twelve, and then also verse eighteen. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We can't stand against the schemes of the devil if we don't do that. Uh, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then in verse 18, he says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
so we're to rely on God's strength and we're to keep alert. God is faithful um, as we go through temptations. He is faithful to us uh, leading up to the temptation. He is faithful to us during the temptation. And he is faithful to us after we face temptation. Before the temptation, as, as, it's, as it's leading up to it, he filters temptations uh, based um, on uh, our ability and provides a way of escape. I'm sure all of you know 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. So as we're, as we're approaching temptations, God is faithful to us. He's making sure that what comes our way um, is within uh, the power that we have, um, and he will provide a way of escape. God is faithful as, to protect us as we go through temptation. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Um, now, does that mean that we won't ever fall to temptation? No, it doesn't. Uh, but when you consider, like, a, a good example is Peter. Uh, Peter, uh, you know, Jesus told him specifically, it's like, you know, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And so, but there's like, the, he realizes that Peter is going to deny him, but he still is going to preserve Peter through that uh, and restore him afterwards. And so God is faithful to us as we go through temptation. Um, even though we don't always uh, make the right decision and avoid the temptation, we don't always uh, fight against the sin as we should, um, yet God will preserve us through that. He will be faithful and make sure that we don't ultimately fall. Uh, and finally, if we fall into temptation, and confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us. First uh, John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so God's people, I mean, that's going to be our response when we, when we face temptation and we fall into sin. And we come to God and we say, Lord, forgive me for this. He continues his faithfulness to his people and he will forgive us our sins. And so as we deal with the temptations, the attacks that come from without, uh, we trust in the faithfulness of God. And even when we do, uh, when we do uh, fail uh, to resist the temptation and we fall, uh, such, de such defeats will teach us uh, that we must not rely on our own strength and wisdom, uh, despite our sincere resolutions. Uh, the battles that rage around us and inside us are greater than ourselves. But prayer is also our pipeline to the one who is greater than all. Uh, if we... Uh, sorry. Um, the... the the reality is we need prayer as we face these temptations uh, because uh, God is able to overcome all these things. Um, 
we have uh, in in God we have unmeasured peace, grace, mercy, and power, um, and we must keep alert for all that opposes holiness while keeping our eyes on Christ, whose power is at work in us. So that's where our attention should be. We should be looking about us, aware of the attacks that are going to come at us, but we should also be focused on Christ, uh, viewing his righteousness, trusting in him, relying on his power as we face these things. Because um, he is able um, to to help us through all of these things and enable us to, to guard our hearts, to keep our hearts, uh, to protect them from the assaults that come from without. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 20, says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. And so the, the power of God in us is able to overcome all of these things. It's able to, uh, to completely guard our hearts. Um, and um, we often just don't even realize how much power we have access to um, and God is able uh, if we just ask him uh, to to assist us in our fight against sin and so uh, that's that's really the, the the what we need to do and as we are attempting to protect our hearts as we are attempting to guard it from the attacks from the outside we need to be alert aware of what's going on and we need to be in prayer relying on the power of God uh, to overcome these things. He who is at work in us by his spirit set an example for us. Um, amid his bloody agony in the garden, nothing could distract him from communing with his father in prayer as he kept watch for the temptations assaulting him on every side. He who taught his disciples to pray, your will be done, takes the same words on his lips during the sorrows in the garden. A servant is not greater than his master. We must walk in his set, in his steps. So we too must watch and pray. That is the way that we are to guard our hearts. Any final thoughts or questions about any of that? Well, we're a little, a little early finishing, but... Um, um, next week, uh, Lord willing, uh, we will consider uh, the, uh, the role of our eyes and our ears as gatekeepers over what gains access to our heart. And so we're going to be looking at that and that um, one of the ways that we guard our hearts, uh, that we protect it, is by considering you know, what, what do we allow to enter our hearts through our eyes and through our ears. And so we're going to be looking at that next week. All right, well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we, we just thank you uh, for your uh, great mercy toward us. Lord, that you forgive our sins. Uh, Lord, we uh, thank you for your great power uh, that you give us in our struggle against sin. And God, I pray that we would be diligent uh, to use the spiritual disciplines to, to have healthy hearts that are uh, able to resist temptation and uh, Lord that uh, that we would be constantly on the alert that we would be in prayer that we would be relying on your strength uh, and God that you would enable us 
just by your spirit to to fight against temptation, to live in a manner uh, worthy of you, and uh, Lord, that you would be honored in your church. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.